2: Your perfect home sweet home.
0: ATT connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. at
3: and Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Lattermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com.
1: And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. We're kicking off with a letter right off the bat.
3: We sure are, and this letter comes to you at compliments of one of Florida Matt. And Florida Matt recently wrote us saying, "Good morning, Allison and Robert. My girlfriend is currently going to college where one of her professors told her there's a theory that one an, that one day the San Andreas fault will split, plummeting the west coast into the ocean never to be heard from again. I'm skeptical about it, but I wanted to see what you had to say. Thanks for your consideration, love the podcast, Matt."
1: Okay. Well, you know, this is actually a really popular idea, at least, uh, I mean, in terms of like pop culture, uh, references to it. Yeah. Um,
3: it's, it's out there.
1: Like, um, uh, like, were you aware of it? Had you, had you encountered this anywhere in pop culture beforehand?
3: A little bit. Yeah. yeah.
1: How about you? Uh, yeah. Mainly I was familiar with it, uh, out, uh, because of like, uh, there's at least one tool song that, uh, makes reference to it a lot off of the, um, anima album
3: from, okay i'm not familiar with that one
1: yeah that was from back in uh in high school when that one came out uh really good album but uh, we
3: put the call for facebook yeah, uh, yeah to people for people to comment on this yeah particular. yeah because because
1: i was familiar with that one and i was like all right well what else is there because i know it's a really common thing right so um uh this guy michael who i went to high school with by the way uh said uh, hey Jim- michael
3: from high school yeah
1: <laughs> he said uh jimmy eats world song blister uh, hat uh, features it. Um, a guy named John, uh, told us, quote, Escape from LA. Do you even have to ask? Also, sometimes my dreams. Oh,
3: alright. Um, so, Cryptic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess he doesn't like Cali. Um, Heather, uh, right, uh, mentions, uh, something called The End of the World. It's a, like a flash cartoon on the internet. Um, uh, David mentions, uh, the uh, stand up comedy of Bill Hicks. Um which I think was also referenced on the that Tool album. Um Valerie says, quote, I think there is a rancid song that even adds an expl- expletive between Fall Into the and Ocean. So um <sighs> All right. I don't know what that expletive could be. But and then uh, and then one of my favorites, uh Warren Zevon had a song called Desperados Under the Eaves. And there's a part in it, I think it's in the chorus, where he's like, And if California falls into the ocean, like the mystics and statistics say it will, like, that's very yeah.
3: nice, Robert.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. So, but that's the thing, dude. The- Can
3: you do the other part, of, the other <laughs> big, uh, Warren Zevon song? I, I
1: assume you're Werewolves talking Werewolves of London? Uh, well, the, the weird thing is, it's like. Do you not think that's
3: representative? No, well- of-
1: Yes and no. Like I love that song, but like you know, you go out to karaoke and I'm always I don't go out to karaoke a lot, but when I do, I always check out Warren Zevon. He's one of the the few artists that I like like these are fun songs to sing, right? But they almost always will just have "Werewolves of London," which is really more it's like he's kind of talking in that song. Mm. And it's not really sung per se as fun as it is. Uh and he has so many other songs that are a lot more, you know, just a lot more fun to sing like "Excitable Boy" or or Desperados Under the Eaves, you know? So, um, so yeah, and it's and he did so much other work that's great.
3: So, Callie and Warren zevon yeah. that's what we bring to you today. So, let's do a quick refresher on earthquakes.
1: Yeah, because that's what we're talking about. That's what would cause California to, in theory, fall into the ocean. If, right, um,
3: not all that California sin that's going on and Californication, but, no, California earthquakes. Okay. That's, that's what we're interested in. I, just, I was thinking about the chili peppers. I was trying to think if they had referenced California falling into the ocean. That song. I, I don't think so. I guess
1: not. I think I'm not that familiar with their uh, work, but I... I was would've... a huge
3: fan. Mother's Milk? No? Never?
1: I mean, I knew some of the tracks off of it, but but anyway, it's like nobody mentioned it on Facebook, so
3: All right. I yeah. guess it's not. Facebook that. has to be right. Yeah. So what's an earthquake again? You guys know this. You're probably saying it with us. It's just really when the ground starts shaking beneath your feet. Mm-hmm. And what is that caused by? Uh, shakings caused by a sudden motion in the in the plates that are all around us in yeah. the Earth's crust. Energy
1: waves like moving through the crust, right?
3: Yeah, okay. yeah. It's a pretty simple explanation. A, a, a rock jockey might tell you something a little different. Get a little bit more into detail.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And and where do they happen? Right. So earthquakes can happen anywhere.
1: Anywhere. Anywhere. Well, on Ex- Earth. <laughs> True.
3: It's not just Cali. It's not just the famous Ring of Fire. Um, they do tend to concentrate in three zones, according to the United States Geological Survey. Mm-hmm. So, first one, you guys are going to know this one, Pacific Rim, a.k.a. the Ring of Fire. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, responsible for more than 80% of earthquakes.
1: Yeah. Johnny Cash wrote a song about it, right?
3: He did. Are you going to sing that, too? No. Okay. Uh there's another belt called the Alpine and that's uh, found in Indonesia and it kind of trails into the Atlantic and then there's a last belt that tracks the, the Mid-Atlantic Ridge and it's underwater so it's not the big one, it's not the Rim of Fire we don't hear a whole lot about right. that one
1: and it's important to note too that you know, earthquakes on TV or the ones that you know your friend is likely to tell you about, you know, at dinner, is something that you feel, obviously. But you don't right. always feel them. Sometimes they're so subtle that uh, you'd really have to have like some some actual uh, seismological uh, you know equipment to determine them.
3: Yeah, here in Georgia we have them. There was one on August fifth, really? two thousand ten, magnitude two point hmm. two. So right, probably probably not too detectable. Epi- <laughs> the epicenter of that one was close to Milledgeville. Somehow I don't picture Milledgeville and Georgia being, you know. <laughs>
1: it's like Milledgeville is the, the earthquake capital.
3: Isn't that where that football scandal just went down? I think it was.
1: Hmm. No idea.
3: Okay. So here's another earthquake term that we should mention, fault. Yes. When you're talking about earthquakes, a lot of times you're talking about faults. And so here's the quick definition for you, the quick, the quick and dirty. It's a fracture, really. Um, and it's a fracture in the earth. Uh, on either side of the earth, you're going to have these blocks of crust, mm-hmm. and they're moving relative to one another, parallel to the fracture.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, I always think of it uh, when I look at a uh, an actual skull, you know, like a human skull, yeah, or a model of a human skull, because I don't do a, a lot of just staring at real skulls. But you know how, uh, like, the, the skull is not one bone, it's several, and you can see the different uh, lines where they come together. Mm-hmm. And that's like the crust of the earth.
3: Well, today we're going to talk mainly about the San Andreas Fault. Mm-hmm. That's the big one, and it's it's really the boundary between the North American and the Pacific uh, plates. Right, and it's visible to the eye, and that that's pretty cool because um, most of the big faults aren't.
1: Yeah, this one is one you can you can look at these really spectacular um, you know aerial shots of it, and it looks like two massive uh, you know chunks of uh, of the, the Earth's surface are rubbing against each other and causing. It kind of looks like scar tissue, like yep. geologic scar tissue, and that's kind of what it is.
3: Yeah, it's also kind of like a, a trough yeah, yeah. in the earth.
1: Like, if you've ever seen, like, Abdul the Butcher's forehead, out, just throwing that out to the wrestling fans, that's what <laughs> it looks like. It's like big, gritty starts hard heart tissue.
3: Something else that's cool about the San Andreas Fall is um, you can uh, literally straddle two plates, right? And these, mm-hmm. these plates, these tectonic plates we're talking about, are enormous. Right. Right. They have a whole lot of land behind them or, or you know to the right and the left of them if you're going to think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so near the San Andreas Fault you can find, uh, you can like sit one foot on the North American plate. Mm-hmm. The other foot on the Pacific plate like Hawaii, Japan all of that. So that's really cool. It reminds me of that um spot in the United States where the four corners
1: uh-huh. where you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah where it's like yeah you get all the, the touristy photos of all my foot's in this state. And, right, yeah. right.
3: So the San Andreas specifically is a strike slip fault.
1: Okay. And this is uh this is where the the two plates are trying to push past each other. And if they pass one another easily it's no big deal, right? But it's when they can't, when the plates are locked that tension builds up and boom, you get a big earthquake. Right. Like I tend to think of like like if and don't do this because you might, you know, you don't want to damage your enamel, but like when teeth are grinding, you know? Like you're grinding your teeth. And if you were to put like so much pressure that you couldn't quite grind them, you know, where it's like
3: earthquake in your mouth yeah
1: exactly <laughs> that's what comes to mind when, when we were looking over all this stuff yeah
3: and it's not just a strike slip ball it's a right lateral strike slip oh. so let's let's set this up for you let's say you're standing on the north american plate so um with your back to new york and okay. you're facing the pacific plate you're facing the pacific ocean so the plate the pacific plate would look like it's moving to the right okay so how much is it moving that's the big question
1: right Well, not not enough to really, like, you're not going to notice it. Like, if your house was on the fault line, you're not going to look out and be like, whoa, there was a forest there yesterday. Now it's a desert.
3: Right. So, yeah, you're not really going to notice it because it's 46 millimeters a year. Mm -hmm. That's hardly noticeable to us. But you get a big, great earthquake going on, like the earthquake of 1906, and you're going to have some pretty major offsets. Mm -hmm. So, according to the USGS, the um, there was a road that wound up being offset by 21 feet
1: Okay, well, that's noticeable. Yes. <laughs>
3: it's definitely noticeable.
1: Um, the San Andreas Fault's been around for 15 to 25 million years. And, uh, it's experienced, a, a creep of about 350 miles. Yeah. And that, that's about normal.
3: Sounds like a lot, but yeah, it is pretty normal.
1: Yeah, um, and again, we're talking about the Pacific Plate, the one that's, um.
3: Moving uh, north with yeah. respect to the North American Plate. And it's
1: plate. got, uh, some of Southern California on it. Though not all of Southern California, just like, uh, it's like a tasty strip of it, you know?
3: Yeah, right. So the San Andreas Fault, we haven't really told you, um, you know, some of its geographic specifics.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what, 800 miles long?
3: Yeah. It runs past San Francisco in the north, um, all the way up to Mendocino, and then to the south, uh, it runs past Los Angeles to the Salton Sea. So it roughly echoes the California coastline for much of it. But as you amble south along the, the fault zone, it moves more inland and it, you know, dividing somewhat uh, northern California from southern California.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Beneath the coast, the fault can reach up to 10 miles into the ground. Yeah. 10 miles into the ground.
1: So That's it, deep. It is. And it's, a, it's another thing to keep in mind here when you talk about, will California fall into the ocean, is that the the fault line we're talking about is not like – they didn't, like, put the state boundary on the fault line or anything. It's, like, not even close. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a good ways off.
3: But, I mean, some parts of it really do uh, separate, you know, California from the ocean. I mean, it, it doesn't literally. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it on an aerial view or just. Oh, in, yeah. In yeah the geographic
1: island. boundary for sure. At, you know, on the northern part of it. Right. Between right. California and the sea. But say between California and Arizona. Yeah. No, no, there's no fault line out there. I mean, there's there's no fault line dividing the two states. So, with that uh, rather powerful fault line there in California, obviously there have been some some pretty powerful earthquakes over time.
3: Right. We're talking about thousands of earthquakes occurring in uh, California every year, and in the San Andreas fault zone is responsible for most.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, the first recorded California earthquake occurred in 1769. Um there was an expedition, the Gaspar de Portola expedition that was camped about 30 miles outside of Los Angeles and they reported it. They re- uh, reported four severe shocks
1: okay yeah and then the uh, most famous and destructive was of course the 1906 earthquake and that's uh technically april 18th
3: 1906 yeah so this was cool uh the usgs as you guys probably know is just this amazing treasure trove of awesome info and um they had a link to some eyewitness accounts from that earthquake so i wanted to read you part of one and uh, this is from john j Conlin. Who was seven on the day of the great earthquake.
1: Okay. Are you going to do this in like an old dude voice?
3: Well, no, Sue, so he was seven. So I would, well, oh, do, I guess. Do it in a
1: little kid voice then.
3: Yeah. I don't, I, well, I'll, I'll give it my best, my best okay. attempt. Um, okay. So there was never any question in my mind as to the severity of the earthquake at five 13 on that Wednesday morning. I was awakened from a sound sleep by the shaking of my bed and the house. Father heard it flossy. Flossie is this woman who apparently assisted John J. Conlin's mom, in case you guys were wondering. Okay. So, father herded Flossie, my brother and me, into a doorway for protection in the event the house collapsed. Actually, it was only slightly damaged. Within moments during this period of the city's greatest emergency, the unusual silence of the alarm bell told its own story. The system was destroyed, as was the functioning of the city's 30,000 telephones. For once, and tragically so, the cries of trapped victims for help generally refer to the fire department for attention, could not instantly activate rescue crews. uh, Conlon gives a lot more detail, but uh, he winds up ending with, may the children of San Francisco or any place never again enjoy such an experience as mine. But Mm. the truth is, earthquakes happen all the time, and big ones happen all the time, and hundreds of thousands of people. You know, wind up losing their lives. And
1: by the way, he mentioned standing under the doorway. And uh, the U.S. Uh, Geological Survey points out that that's an rather that's an outdated notion. That was based on the idea that in, in the old days it would shake uh, houses down, and uh, at times that would be like the reinforced part of the house. And so that would that would be some of the that would be what was still standing after the house came down. But they say don't do that.
3: All right. Good information, Robert. So I feel like we've given you guys a lot of preamble to the question at hand, the question posed in the podcast title, is Callie going to fall into the ocean?
1: And it, it will. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. I read it wrong off the sheet. It's, yeah, no, it's not going to fall into the ocean. Why not? Well, because, well, for f- several reasons. Well, first of all, it's, again, like we said, the fault line, even if the, fa- the fault line could magically have, like, this super magnitude quake that could make the, make, part of it fall into the ocean it wouldn't be the whole state and secondly
3: the ocean it, isn't deep enough yeah, it's not just this you know yawning hole into yeah, which we thing. can throw entire states
1: yeah it's uh, and, and you know you see in the movie where like the earthquake makes a big hole open up and stuff falls into it and superman has to save somebody or you know
3: erroneous or, but cool
1: yeah yeah it's like that doesn't happen that's again we're talking about fault lines are about things pushing together grinding against each other like your teeth you know it's like they're grinding together but they're, they're not opening up and they're swallowing things. They're
3: not rending things. the earth asunder. Yeah. I just love saying that, rending the earth asunder. It feels very biblical.
1: Yeah, I think I used to have like, a, when I was a kid, there was like a Bible book and it had a picture of somebody being swallowed up by the earth.
3: Yeah, so California is not going to be swept out to sea. But, it is moving. It definitely is moving. Um, Complements of the the two plates bumping up against each other in the fault zone. Mm-hmm. And Southwestern California is moving slowly, very slowly. Two inches per year is is one uh, that the USGS provided uh, towards Alaska. And it's sliding past Central and Eastern California. And so, you know, roughly 15 million years from now or so, Los Angeles and San Franciscans will be neighbors.
1: That's pretty amazing. So... The super-evolved squid that take over and live in uh, Los Angeles, they will be right next door to the super-evolved cockroaches that live in in, uh, San Francisco.
3: Indeed, indeed. It's amazing. I hope they get along. Um, Berkeley Seismological Lab is also in agreement on this one, both of which are uh, pretty good sources for you guys to check out if you're interested in exploring this more. And besides which, earthquakes are just really interesting. And the USGS site is pretty amazing when it comes to stuff. And we have a good article on how earthquakes work. Did you work on that one? No, I did not. Maybe it was the brain. I think the brain Uh, worked on that one. I
1: think it may have, he may, at least may have co-authored that one. Yeah.
3: Yep. So that's the answer to the question. It is moving, but no, it's not going to be swept into the ocean because... The ocean is a landmass in itself, albeit one with water on top of it, but it's it's just not gonna swallow up California.
1: Yeah. I think people love it though, because there's you know, people have a lot of either hatred towards California. Or love of. Or yeah. love of. So there's this feeling of, yeah, it should break off and be its own thing or or you know, drown in the ocean. So
3: right. And then there's a the whole movement in California, you know, between uh Northern California and Southern California, and being of very different mindsets, according yeah. to some residents, it
1: feels very different in place, I mean, I just uh, actually just got back um from uh, California. My wife and I went on a vacation, and we got to see like San Francisco and l a. took us a lot longer to travel between the two, you know uh, two uh, cities now than it will uh, millions of years in the future. But, uh, yeah, it's like like it's it feels almost like a different state. I mean, it's a huge state,
3: yeah, no doubt. My brother,, uh, Lives in San Fran. Okay. Yeah, so thanks to Florida Mike for bringing that one to our attention and for, uh, giving us inspiration for this podcast. Do you want to do some listener mail, Robert? Uh,
1: yeah, I've got some more. Um, and, and it's a good uh, podcast to do this on since the whole episodes came from, uh, listener mail. Um, we received an email and we were both excited about this from, uh, J- Jenna. Also known as Hookworm Girl by us <laughs> listeners. I mean, we don't call her Hook. Well, maybe we did call her Hookworm Girl once. I think you pat. have called her Hookworm Girl. Um, uh, she Who said, has
3: lovely feet. Yes, she sent thing. us a new picture of yes, her feet. New
1: picture of her feet, and yes, they look. It's a complete turnaround from the uh, parasite-infected uh things we saw before yeah hookworms yeah you can see the
3: hookworm tracks in her and the skin and her feet yeah was pretty awesome yeah
1: now they look uh they look you know pedicured and you know their toenails are kind of
3: a nice twinkly red
1: yes and and very very healthy looking feet and uh so anyway she wrote us in sent us this picture and she says this is uh jenna from vancouver i.e hookworm girl not to be confused with the superhero although although that might be interesting and i agree uh, I just wanted to let you know that I am so tickled pink every time I hear my foot mention on your podcast.
3: <laughs> Here it is, getting another mention.
1: I never would have dreamed that that picture would have made such an impression. How could it not? Yeah. It's a pretty gross picture. Pretty uh, cool picture, To Jenna. put your mind at ease, I thought I would send you a more recent foot picture, and thank you again for the great podcast. I work in a lab looking for new therapeutic strategies for fighting tuberculosis, and sometimes the lack of progress being made in antibiotic research can be a little terrifying. On this note, I would like to suggest a podcast on bacteriophage-based therapies. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I did a little research into it after uh, she sent in her email, and I think we might have to cover that. Although we have devoted a little bit of time to bacteria recently with Mm -hmm. the whole quorum sensing and the altruistic bacteria.
1: Yeah, we've been hitting the bacteria pretty hard, so... So yeah, uh so anyway, thanks uh thanks for letting us know that your uh, your your foot is better. It's kind of <laughs> become a uh, uh the third member of the podcast. Almost.
3: Yeah, Jenna's foot.
1: Josh writes, um, what's up stuff from the science lab? Uh I was just listening to the Wow Signal podcast in my car. I'm currently stopped, not emailing while driving. Good to know. And it reminded me of a uh SETI phenomenon that a friend of mine caught potentially. Um, it was around 1999, and a bunch of my nerdy friends and I were enjoying running SETI at home on our computers, as we are all like to do, you know, in the on, on, on an evening, uh, generally the data uh, packets that you would sift through just showed random noise. But for a brief period during one day, a friend of mine was receiving perfect SIN waves. They were so perfect against the uh, unusual uh, randomness that he shot a few emails with screenshots to let SETI people know to, uh, to check check it out. A week or so later, he got a cryptic email back claiming some unusual interference from something suspicious. And was told just to disregard it, perhaps just because oh so
3: awesome. <laughs> this is so awesome. This gives me, this is my new favorite listener email <laughs> just
1: uh perhaps just because conspiracies are fun. we've always held on to the belief that we just happened to see something that they didn't want us to see. they in yeah. caps, all caps. Well, <laughs>
3: no, I, I don't think he did put it in all caps, but that's how I imagine it.
1: Of course, nothing has come uh, of it in the uh, intervening eleven years. So who knows? i love your podcast more than i can express in my hastily written email on my phone it keeps me uh, company for the six to eight hours i spend in the car every day
3: oh man that's a long time
1: please continue doing it forever
3: we will do it at least as long as it takes for los angeles to be uh creep right up to san francisco so i mean you know 15 million like from beyond
1: the, the grave you're really locking us in there
3: well with all that you know uh science going on we could you know we could live forever robert
1: that's right. In fact,
3: and record podcasts forever. for more on this yeah, and could. thousands
1: of other topics, could, could. visit we
3: howstuffworks.com. <laughs> Want more house stuff? We Works? hope that's a happy topic. Check top out our blog. But anyway, howstuffworks.com. So tell us page. about your experience uh,
1: with earthquakes or um alien signals.
3: Yeah. 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 And we're in science stuff at howstuffworks.com. And of course on social networking, you can find us on Facebook. We're stuff from the science lab and over on Twitter. RL is a tweet master. So we're uh, lab stuff.